things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Happy Friday, Eric Ramundo, and I want to tell you, I've got a hot firebrand sitting next to me right now in your place. Uh-oh. Who's so? Hi, Eric. Oh, my God. Oh, Miss Kim Short. I, I, got to, I, I said to Dana, I go, I've seen Eric more in Tallahassee than I have in Volusia yeah. County lately. I go, I've been up there and I get oh to see him God. like twice in the past month. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's going to be shorty short and shorty thick here. We're about to throw down. Listen, you... I will not comment on that. Uh, for, oh my I learned a long time ago. I've been married 28 years, a long, long time ago. You know, certain things you just don't comment on about a woman, whether it be weight, height, age. I don't do those things. I don't touch that third That's rail. Smart. So. That's such, such a smart man. That's how you've remained married. Oh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Let me set it up, Eric. Uh, Kim and I, we're going to sure. be talking about some education today. And for those of okay. you on our regular podcast, you can't see, but Eric, is in Tallahassee working tirelessly uh, for Ron DeSantis. I mean, for his constituents. Um, I should have brought my koozie in. I've got my DeSantis koozie in the car. Yeah, okay. You should, you should have, my dear. You should have brought that, that koozie in. Let's, listen, right you now. You would have got, got her started even more than she is right uh, now. Listen, right. Get, get in on me. Eric, I walked in here and she goes, this is what we're going to talk about. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, I was subbing first graders all day. And I'm like, wow, she's on fire. Hey, but we, hey, we got a drink. Then. Yes, we have a drink. We yeah. do have a drink. I'm okay. very excited about that. Yeah. So, well, this is interesting. This is interesting and different. And I'll just say that uh, um, when, you know, when Dana was asking me about it, you know, and then she was going to have a guest because obviously it's, it's, this week's a little tough. We're probably going to be in session today until probably seven, eight o'clock at night, which means I wouldn't be, if I were to try and come back, I probably wouldn't be coming back until about midnight anyway. So, yeah. um, we were, we worked it out. I hope the audio is okay. Everybody's, everybody's doing uh, fine as far as hearing me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, listen, I, I got some time. I told you earlier, I had about 15, 20 minutes. I just broke away from the building for a little tiny bit. Okay. Uh, and so I have a, I have a partner across the street that I stay in with a friend of mine. So I decided, let me, let me go to the apartment where it's nice and quiet. I don't have to get distracted. So yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate it, and I told Kim that she could talk about whatever because mine's going to be. Um, I listen. I have some really serious home rule issues here with SB one hundred and two uh, that I need to talk about. Uh, as far as that goes, we'll get into that, um, mm -hmm. and then also the educational concurrency because it's part of development issues right now that we're having. And with SB yep. 102, I know that there are emergency meetings going on right now. It's supposed to kick in on July the 1st. And I'm not good with that. You know, um, the, yeah. the, here's the problem. Home rule is being dismantled little by little by Tallahassee. 
and it is leaving cities to the mercy of a few hand-selected developers, developer cronies, um, governor friends who are developers, and it is taking away power from the city to decide how they should be shaped. And mm. I find it rich because Tallahassee is doing little to protect the environment. Um, I think that there's a bone thrown out every now and then, but it's just it's development, and we're going to develop ourselves out of Florida with all of these little things. So I'm going to get into that. I'm getting some more background on that right now. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Florida's wide open for development. Come on in and, uh, yeah, rape Florida. That's going to be our, well, new, well, our new thing here. So well, come on I'll on. tell you what. I'll let you. I'll let you rant. Uh, it's okay. I'm, yeah. God <laughs> bless you. Because I'm, I'm no, listen, David's going to do her thing a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to be on the. I don't know if I'm going to be on the air at that point Eric, in time. Listen, here's the thing. I'm just. I'm. I'm listening. I'm telling you. I. I walked in the door and she was on fire. I was like, wow. Listen, because <laughs> wow. I've been on the phone this afternoon being veiled, threatened by a developer over some of these issues. Okay, so I'm just telling you, I walked into this. What tans my hide the most on this, on SB 102, mm -hmm. and it is it's disguised as protections for affordable housing. And we all know that Florida doesn't want you unless you have money. So I'm just going to put that out there. It's really not about affordable housing. It's but, about developing. But, Dana, rights. how do you do, like, here's the thing. You know, how do you control some of the what's going on? Our real estate is worth what it is because... We have beach everywhere. We have a place people want to live because of probably how many people can how how many people can fit into Florida? Oh, I don't know. That's a really great question. Exactly. When we've not done any yeah, kind of but data you, yeah, that. But, but Dana, but the problem with, with the pro the challenge with growth is a lot of times is it's hard to control, right? So we have a great environment potentially for a lot of Floridians who live here, but also people are moving out from other high tax states like New York or Illinois or New Jersey, wherever they're coming from, and they want to move to a lower tax state. And so the reality is, is that if you try to penalize them, you're penalizing, you're going to penalize them, and you're also inadvertently going to penalize potentially uh, Floridians. And so the way to do it is, I've always been a big believer, and Dana, I know you and I may disagree on aspects of this, but I know you, tend, you, you have your own business, so you get free markets. I know you do, my dear, and I respect that. But the reality is, is that in, in order to create an environment where you can at least control, at least in some capacity through the free markets, the prices from rising up exorbitantly is through just having more housing stock and or available apartments. Now that's going to come with development. So that means that now it's, we in Florida and the legislature have to figure out ways to to, to – that is a misnomer. You are not no. you are not protecting Floridians by putting making sure that infrastructure, first of all, can support it, because it is a well-known fact that development dollars, it's a Ponzi scheme. There is no such thing as development paying for itself. And you have cities that are growing at such a rapid pace, okay, that the money that they're throwing into, the developer money that they're throwing in is not actually going to new infrastructure. They're taking that money, the cities are, and they're trying to resolve old infrastructure issues. I know my city, and I know that's what's going on. I know that's what's going on. Any of this new development money, this isn't doing crap to improve the city, other than the fact it might have a line for sewer. Woo-hoo! Any of that other development, all that big development going on out there, does any of that money go back to Deltona Water? No. Does it go back to Deltona Utilities? No. 
No, it well, doesn't. There's I've, no I've, benefit. I've How, argued, this, so city, this city was made for 70,000 people. The roads were. 70,000 people. Right now, we have asbestos in our water lines. We're having to dig up our whole city. We don't have the money to do that. And you're putting more strain on an old infrastructure without any thought as to how well, you're going to continue to move the city. And especially yeah, with the state yeah, having funding and the state and the county not sending money here that could be used to that because your governor is such a fucking tightwad no, that he will not release no, any of the money to do true. these things. No, you're okay. no, Dana. So no, you're you're a bit off base, Dana. And I know you're passionate about the issue, but I'm just going to tell you right now that no, that's not entirely true. Okay, that's how you're feeling at this moment in time. What I'm just going to tell you is that, look, there are legislators up here. And I told you before that there is more we can be doing. There's a real conversation happening about what are we going to do with the lands and the waters and so forth, and trying to make sure the, the infrastructure is proper. First of all, Florida probably has probably one of the better infrastructure systems in the whole entire country in part because we were also new and we're just newly developing. I'm not saying it's perfect by no means, but what I can also tell you though, is that, you know, listen, I also probably blame the cities. The city of Deltona specifically, and I won't speak for other cities, but city of Deltona, and I'm pretty sure there's other cities we, that can, we can talk about in Volusia County, but city of Deltona specifically, hey, I was, not, I was not the one in charge when they decided to say, let homes go everywhere and let's go crazy. We had former mayors, both Republican and Democrat, instead of properly planning Deltona and setting aside a certain amount of um, commercial construction and so forth so it wouldn't be as big an impact. That's, hey, listen, Dana, you're right. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're 100% wrong, but I'm just telling you is that that also comes from piss-poor planning, years of piss-poor planning from local governments as well, too. So let's yeah, not entirely well, blame the state and, 100%. And, and I'm going to say that, that from what I hear from people at the federal level, you know, one of the things that's actually hurt Florida with getting some of the money we should be getting from the federal government is because of exactly what Eric's saying, is that our infrastructure, when you look at us compared to, like, let's say the Northeast, we are a lot better. And so they're saying you don't need as much, which isn't really fair or whatever. But that is that it is true, Dana. I, have, I haven't just heard this from like one or two people. And, I, and I'm not and I'm not disagreeing with you that we need to have more money for our cities because, you know, I'm here going through parent or Port Orange University right now. And I just was at the public works and they went through all of what they're having to do to dig up all the pipes mm -hmm. and how that's going to work out and where we're at with the price on that. And I'm like, this is insane. Yep. People have no idea how much money this is going to cost. Mm -hmm. But the governor did come and speak to our Florida Federation of Republican Women for mm -hmm. 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he was saying was that because of our surplus, that we are going to see a lot more money go back into infrastructure. So I'm, I'm waiting. I mean, listen, we could be like another state that's like they're bankrupt. I mean, we're not. We have money. Do I, I, I agree, and I've heard Eric say it on the, on the show before. They cut, you know, he cut a lot of, a lot of money last year, and, and we, he probably shouldn't have. But I think that because it's, it's pretty, I think, well-known thought whatever, he's going to eventually run, be running as soon as, this, as soon as some of this legislation passes. He's going to be running for president. I think he's going to want to put money into our state for infrastructure. I really don't think he's not going to do that, Dana. I know. I hear you. But Dana, seriously, we are a better place to live than like any other place. That's why people want to come here to live here. And you can't tell people who own property what to do with their property. 
Yes, we can. Well, actually. yes, if but it does not, not, not keep with the character of the city. Yes, yes you we can. can. And you can the thing. you can tweak. You here, can tweak, and you can give them something. But you can't tell them they can't build. Here is if it was what zoned we that have, way. Here's what we have failed to do. Okay, is to set expectation, and we have failed to put people in office that keeps our cities being developed at a proper rate of growth. If you, it, listen. Go look over on the east side. I the hear same you. Thing. L- listen, traffic, we put all of these developments out there past LP, uh, LPGA, Margaritaville, all those beautiful mosaic, Bay hey, Berry, I, hey, all hey, of those beautiful. Wait, wait, wait. Daytona has a, has a Democrat as a mayor. No, all I'm saying, what I'm saying is that. <laughs> here's what I'm saying. Okay, go ahead. Okay, it takes a full commission to pass projects. Okay, You're right. And so how much traffic? We have a two-lane bridge that gets stopped up every day. And, and, and any time any well-heeled, anybody with common sense says, hey, can we put a moratorium in place to just check us out and give us a pulse? The developers lose their flipping minds. I, I, so I'm not, they don't I'm want not us denying, to breathe. They I'm don't, they, they don't, they, they want to keep walking like gangbusters I, through the state, through the county. They wield their bullies. Their attorneys are bullies, okay? I'm gonna have. I'm just saying this. I'm gonna have fun Monday night at our commission meeting because we have a development coming back, and mm-hmm. we have we have rights as a city to say how our city is developed. Oh well. If, I mean, if you develop yeah. the property as you bought it, you bought the property knowing that it was zoned for this. Right. You were speculative and thinking that you were gonna walk in and get a hall pass to get some so much more shame on you that's the gamble you took yeah. and now you don't get your way so you're going to get pissed off and threaten a city when we have every right if we follow the letter of the law which we do to say no you can't add that because yeah. you did this and i don't this. i can't say that i'm like 100 percent in yeah. tune with what's going on in deltona i i can tell you that i love my people in port any orange city. and they do any, a, any city and they're doing a pretty good job i mean we are looking at you know going you have a from, lot of business there too we got we got 64 65,000 people whatever in port orange but they're looking at over the next 20 years we're going to be at 75,000 people in that city i mean they're looking at the and, and I, with us go ahead eric yeah, and, 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 and you know i'll say and, and dana to your point it, Listen, I understand the frustration. I do. I question some of the some of the build out that happened over on the on the, on the west side of, of Daytona with some of the large scale projects that are now come, that have come online and so forth. Um, and LPG Boulevard, obviously LCB, LPG Boulevard is something that should have been tackled um, by now. I think there are folks who are trying to do the best they can. Um, but I'll go back to this: where you look at a city like Port Orange, which has a pretty healthy business development and homeowner mix, whereas in Daltona, you have strictly rooftops. I mean, I remember talking to families sometimes when they're coming down I-4 and they go, oh my God, you guys are just home after home after home. So I want to really think about this for a moment. I don't care about your, whatever your ideology is on septic systems or, or cities or city systems. The point is, is that imagine every single one of those homes on a septic tank. Now I do believe all right. In the grand scheme of things in nature, I do believe that the state of Florida can handle X amount. Correct. But it, we have to also come to terms with the fact that if we're going to continue to grow as a state, septic tanks alone, the, the traditional septic tank models are not going to work. 
And that means that you, we have to look at the opportunity, the, the possibilities of doing some sort of city sewer conversion and or what they call these new on-site treatments, uh, small package um, deals that you can put on homeowners. The problem is they come with a cost. And I do know DEP has allocated some funding, but I will say this, that I do believe the state um, should be doing more to help um, with some of those transitions, and the state is trying to put more dollars well, towards that and innovation yeah, towards like that. DEP right. might they, DEP might assist with the infrastructure, but the ongoing maintenance that it's going to take for that, you're adding another twenty five hundred dollars a year at minimum to a homeowner mm-hmm. with any type of septic because it's going to have to be inspected every year, uh, and there are yeah, parameters I mean, in I place for that. I, I, I'm the yeah. I'm the person who believes that if somebody was actually keeping up their septic right, then it would be fine. But the problem is we have two people who don't, and that's why. And we have multifamily issue, yeah. shoved into houses exactly. here in Deltona. Exactly. A home that was built for four people has 10 people living in well, it. It wasn't built for that. Down in, down in Oak Hill, I know yeah. last year, Senator Tom Wright got, I, I believe Oak Hill's budget, total <sighs> budget was like I a million. Him. I, love I, love him. Him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Love him. Love him. He, okay, so yeah. Oak Hill, Oak Hill has like a million dollar budget. Tom got like $3 million for that city mm-hmm. to to, tra- to uh, yeah. convert and septic sewer. And that, that's huge. I mean, that that's, yeah, that's like life changing down there for them. I mean, and that is what we what we need to stay focused on. I agree. With, I agree. It's going to be a lot telling, of money to focus in on. I'm it. telling Sharon that we need some love here in Deltona. I know yeah. I read today uh, that we got uh, some money to do the study for uh, the Teresa Basin, which we had asked for. We got 300000 mm-hmm. for that. We got yep. four, another 400000 But I know that we asked for quite a bit more because we're in dire need here. It, yeah. We do not have the tax base to pay for that. Everybody, oh, let's yeah. move to Deltona. Deltona is affordable, but we only have we only have maybe fifty percent of our city paying for yeah. itself. Yeah, and I don't you know, like. I know, we, you're, I know the you're the largest revenue. municipality. I know that you have no cute little downtown. I know that you don't have yep. a ton of businesses. Yep. I I know like you're the bedroom community. Yep. They were living here cheap so that they then could go over and work in yep. like Seminole County. That's kind of my gist of what I knew about Deltona. Yeah. That's it. That would yeah. be and so, that's and everybody's and, perception of Deltona. Yeah, and so I think what's happening here is, and listen, just to kind of kind of bring it back a little tiny bit, because I know this this topic gets Dana hot and heavy before we move into the concurrency thing, which I think is a very legit issue that um, Dana brings up a lot of times when it comes to what we're doing, what we're developing, and how we're thinking about this moving forward. There are a number of fronts that we are trying to tackle on innovative technology and DP. I know that we just redid the, um, I believe, the reclassification for Indian River Lagoon area. And the idea behind that was just so we can draw down on more federal dollars it becomes a major priority for the state of Florida. So there's a number of things we're doing, not only on the outskirts, but also internally. And I know we're not going to see the impact immediately, but the plan, the hope is that as time goes on, that, you know, we will, we're going to mitigate or try to minimize the impact we're going to have when it comes to development. But the other, but dovetailing to this next one, I believe that um, concurrency is going to be an issue when it comes to education which is part of the teacher shortage issue that we're, we're all talking about, which is fine. It's great. We're developing. Florida's a great place. I love Florida. I love the fact that people you know, love coming down here and because they feel a little more free when they're coming down here. But we do have to acknowledge that something needs to be done. And this is not a local city issue. This is not even a county level issue. This strictly is a fight at the school board level and, and or that, that combination between school board and state on, hey, to Dana's point, I'll use her words, a lot of times there's a feeling of just rubber stamping these on these deals without knowing 100% what we're getting into 
they'll say that they, well, we can accommodate, but, Eric, but can they you, truly? And then we have, yeah. <clears throat> Eric, don't you think that part of what's going on because of HB1, that they're, they're kind of hoping that families take their money and go do homeschool and private school, and then they don't have to worry so much about maybe filling some of these jobs in our public <laughs> traditional schools. I mean, uh, and listen, and, and so, I'm just and being listen, honest, I think, Dana. That's, no, 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 I'm I telling think, you, I think, that, that, is the, that is the rich people solution. I'm just going to call it for listen, what I'm it not, is. That's I, the rich. That is the rich people solution because you're going to start taking these dollars out of public school. The reason the public school sucks right now is because we're not supporting public school by getting teachers into public schools. So you have people leaving. They're well, so frustrated. I, I think there's a lot of things. That, listen, I... I just subbed today at my mm-hmm. 52nd school in Volusia County. Mm-hmm. I got 15 more to go, and I'll have subbed in every single school. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, I am. I am like I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thick okay. in it. And do and we have enough teachers? We 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 don't. But the the thing is, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Even some of the teachers that I've subbed for, it's dramatically different depending on the class I go into, based on who it is who runs that classroom. If I'm if I'm subbing for a teacher with some experience, her kids, I mean, I, when I put my hand up and I go, give me five, they all get pitched like they're quiet. They know because I'm counting down. I'm doing give, give me five, four, three, two, one, zero. They know the they know the method. They know their behavior management is like on clockwork. Listen, but but when I know go where into I have some my... of these other classrooms I'm with some of these probably newbie teachers, and I see what they're leaving them to do. Even I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like I look at it. Our, the difference, I mean, I was in two first grade classrooms this week. I had one with, one with a lot of, a lot of ESE kids in it that mm-hmm. I'm looking at them and I'm, I, even the interventions that they're getting, I don't think they're getting enough. Do you know why? It, Bureaucracy, we, paperwork, well, teachers aren't able to teach I, now. I Their think, teachers are having to I think we need to be prescriptive. Now. I think, mm-hmm. I think that we need to be very intentional about a few things i've gone into some schools and i've looked at you know just the schedule i've had all day and it's some of it's time wasting i actually one school i went to it was i i went and i brought it right to the superintendent because i said i don't want to get anybody in trouble but i mean we're picking up kids at 2 15 when they should just either stay in special area till the end and get released or we got to figure something else out because they were supposed to be doing SEL in the classroom. They're not. They're wiping down desks. That is at least 10 to 15 minutes at the end of the day. Plus, not to mention another part of the day. I said, I did the math on it. We lose 30 to 60 days of instruction at that one location alone in a fifth grade group yeah. because of the and time. Can I, can I ask you something? Yes. Why are you not sitting on the school board? <laughs> Listen, no, 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 I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you why. No. no, look at me. And I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this. Okay, here, let's have a God, come by. Y'all God, God has a plan, Dana. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, yeah, nobody would be as good at going in and subbing like I am and finding things I think that we could fix. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think so. I mean, I'm not like patting myself in the back, but like I get kids. I'll do it. I'm good at it. And I'm well, finding things. Who that, was it that took your place? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, so Dana, so Dana, what I'll say, what I'll say to pivot, what I'll, what I'll say to pivot away from that for a second. There's two things I did. There's two things I want to add to that. One is, um, like, I think Dana, and I think we all know this, and Kim, it, there's no one silver bullet. I think there's a number of things that are happening within the education system. I'll give you a prime example. I'm a firm believer that early release should not be on a Wednesday. Early think, release should, if you're going to do it, it should be on a Friday. Eric, because I don't most even believe in it. 
I don't even believe in her. Well, I know. Well, her percent, I do not. But that's what the unions worked out. No, so, because yeah. they want to have that yeah, teacher well, deal. I mean, again, like, we, could, we could get into the unions. And I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. I think that when we start to talk about why people don't want to go into the teaching profession, if we don't think it's because our unions bitch and complain all the time about everything, that that's not a piece of why people don't want to go into teaching, then they're not taking any responsibility. And that yeah. is a part of the problem. I just had this conversation think, with your listen. son. I, I actually saw Dana's son at the school board meeting on Tuesday. And I, <laughs> and I love Shane. I gave him a hug. And I'm like, I love him. And, you know, we talked about it. I said, Shane, it's not one group of people that are causing a problem. It's a lot of people. That's why I go overboard to try to be positive about anything that's going on inside our schools because I've had teachers reach out to me. I've had people come reach out to me and now they start subbing. They're getting certified to be teachers. And it feels really good that people want to be in our schools. It is fun. You know what? But here's the deal. You got to be the kind of person that wakes up in the morning and decides this is going to be a good day. And go and have yeah. a good day and not be these can I just, bitchers. Can I, can I just move in with you? I need to, <laughs> let me move in with you for two weeks. She's so, I know. She's so, she's so, she's so positive all the time. I, I, try. I love it. I really do. I, I, just, I, I just think there's a number it's of okay. issues that we can look at. I, I think there's a number of issues we can look at. I do believe firmly that I think uh, schools, I think that schools, individual schools should have more autonomy from the districts. Mean that they should, you know, be given the flexibility as long as they're staying within Some, the curriculum. Sometimes, Eric, uh, but I, I, even that, like I, there's a very big difference on our campuses when it comes to leadership. I mean, and I, I, there's a lot of good people, well, but some of them, I'm like, I see some things that go on and I'm like, this is the weirdest release program. Like to, at the end of the day, it felt like a free for all and other schools. I'm like, this is crazy how tight, like they keep these kids. It's awesome. Like how controlled and the environment is. And there's, I see, well, I have seen so much, Eric. It's unbelievable. I mean, because the challenges, because the challenges are we real, then are we really developing real leaders then? We said we put, them, we put them through a principal intern program because that was supposed to solve the issue and try to mitigate some of that. But I know, I know for a fact over the years, certain people were, were promoted, never should have been promoted to begin with. I agree with and you. Just, I, I agree with you. And, and so I, I think there's a challenge. But once you, once you give, here's part of the problem. Once you give that principal a certain level of autonomy, you don't recycle the individual. No. If they're not meant to be a leader, they should be gone. Well, it's almost like teaching. I think not everyone's meant to be a teacher. I think some of that is being taken care of. I will say that, you know, even though I don't think we should keep superintendents if they're not people we should keep because they're not doing a good job, um, mm-hmm. part of the problem with not keeping consistency in leadership is that it makes it very hard to correct problems like this. Yep. I, I will give Dr. Balgobin that credit is that I do, mm-hmm. I have seen what she's doing as far as getting in there and trying yeah. to work with people who I think probably aren't, coach them up, yep. do whatever, who need that. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of those people aren't in those leadership roles next year. And the, and the thing is, we should never promote people into positions of running a school if they're not prepared. Yeah. And I don't mean on one level, like they need to be on multiple levels. They need to run their finances. They need to know how to have management, you know, over, you know, what's going on with behaviors. But, oh, my God, how many of them I do I not think understand curriculum? Right. Eric, right. I mean, there are people on our campuses who run our campuses that I'm like, huh. I don't know if this was really the right place for and, them. Like they were maybe yeah. secondary, they, I, you know. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you another thing, too? It's something that I think is – come up the more I thought about this over the years and you all know I have conversations with my wife one of my challenges too is that we spend so much time worrying about three four and five 
that we're not taking care of in the, in the way that we need to K1 and 2. Because Aaron. K1 and 2, I've talked to multiple people that said K1 and 2 is the foundation for everything else. Okay, so so here, so here we go. Here we go, though, Eric, okay? You, you mm-hmm. and I have had this conversation. If we wanted to do something life-changing for children and we are not there yet in the state of Florida, we would take away high-stakes testing in elementary school. Period. End yeah. of story. Kim I, Short, solution I number agree, one. I would agree with that. that I, I think we should do more. If, if we're going to be testing, it should be a more normal, uh, normal reference-based because, testing. Because if you're using it as a, as a guide, not necessarily the end-all, be-all. Because if you're I a agree. principal and you're stuck with, I only have, I have some spots that are going to not have a teacher, but I need mm-hmm. to make sure three, four, and five, where my kids are tested, have a teacher, then guess where your teachers go? And so what do we do? We're always behind the eight ball because our K-1 and 2 kids don't get what they need. And exactly what you're saying, it's the foundation. But truthfully, K-5 through is the foundation. We we need foundation in elementary school. Our children need to be able to have a love of learning. On a larger level, I agree with you, Kenya. We need a a love of learning. And I'm not saying take away all testing. We need some understanding as to where they're at to move them. But to have – School grades, I mean, and, and you know what? Now that I'm in schools that are C's or A's or whatever, listen, our kids, our teachers, like that school grade means nothing. It never meant much to me anyway. It means less than nothing now because it is more of a determiner of what the socioeconomic level of a school is. Yep. All children can learn, but not all children mm-hmm. do well on those tests. So I want to talk about this yeah. real quick, Okay. We didn't do our housekeeping. I need to do our housekeeping oh, yeah, real let's, quick. Let's okay. do that. You got, me, you got me for about five more minutes, and then I got okay. to get back in the building. Oh, okay, well, let's, let's, <laughs> listen. Okay, Eric, we're gonna, we'll do that after you get off the building, but whatever. <laughs> I forget out of the, the building. building. Get out of the whatever. building. Get out of the building. No, Run, Forrest, like run. He's right here. I know, I know. Yeah. Hey, listen, so we're going to get into this. We're going to talk about charter schools. We're going to talk about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I understand. Man, you, Listen, we talked dead. about that, but I believe that we are in effect killing public education. I believe that's what the goal is. I don't see, and I see more push from rich people to separate themselves from public school than to become part of the solution at public schools. So what you're going to do is you're going to be, you're going to leave a lot of underfunded schools you're going to have teachers jumping ships to go for elitist schools. I believe it doesn't, it doesn't, because now, and I'll get my son in here to talk about this. You take an ESE child, you think, oh, they're going to move them over into the charter schools. You take that money, it's 75, whatever it's 80, it is. It's 8,200, and it comes it goes, in quarterly now. It doesn't, it doesn't So say, it goes so with the different. kid, right? It goes with to that school. The kid fails out of the charter school, has to go it's back. Gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a little different, though, with this new legislation. So they did listen. Here, Here's the, here's the thing, Dana. Mm-hmm. This legislation was on a bullet train just like everything else because of where the governor, I think, wants to go with his life. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of stuff that we were not stopping. But what we could do was maybe make some tweaks and changes. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we were very early on advocating for was if you take your child out and they go somewhere else – and they come back in, the money stays there, and then they come back in and we have no money. Yep. So they have listened to that in this legislation where the where it's coming to them quarterly. So it's $8,200, yeah. $8, yep. but it's coming to them quarterly. 
So yes. it doesn't it doesn't all stay with them. It's Why don't gonna, we just f- fix public education? Well, because Why don't because, we take Dana, all of our families, resources? Because the reality is no matter what side of the aisle you're on politically speaking, parents want choice. And parents want choice because you and I probably aren't going to agree on this, but the biggest um, problem with public education, public traditional education, or the biggest offenders or people who really have screwed it up, to be honest with you, are a lot of people within public traditional education. And when we've had choice, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to use your side of the neck of the woods, for example, where we've had choices for, for families, public traditional education has stepped up. And I'll tell you, case in point, when Ivy Hahn Charter School opened up on this side of the county, mm-hmm. our all of our middle schools got their act together and they put together academies and they did all kinds of things in public traditional schools to compete with Ivy Hahn. And that is a fact. And, and I don't care what anybody wants to say, they know yeah. it. And we have definitely stepped up our game in public traditional education because of the fact that we have to compete. Why can't we just incentivize that then in the public school? Because you know what? The thing is, it's just not the way it works. People want to... That's the, wanna, not the way it works because that's not the way that... You know what? It's government. I'll step in with this one. I'll step in with this really quick. I'll give you a prime example. Years ago, uh, some years back, when my wife was teach, was a principal over at French Elementary School. They went to a charter school up in Atlanta. They got some money, some grant money to go up to. Uh, it was a um, very well known um, uh, charter school throughout the nation in Atlanta to go ahead. And the idea was to get some ideas because obviously we can't do everything. And some of it is also listen. I'll be very honest, with everybody. Some of it's constraints because of a little bit of the union, right? So I'm not going to 100 blame them, but I'm just telling you some of it's constraints. Let me tell you what happened. The new teachers, some of the older ones that went were like, okay, maybe. The new teachers, they were so enthralled. And they went to my wife and they said, hey, Mr. Miller, you think we can do that? She says, we can't do everything because uh, we're, we're going to be a little bit constrained. However, and obviously our curriculum is a little bit different. But well within that, yes, let's try it out. And they were so happy and excited because they wanted to get back. And it was great ideas and everything. My wife got everybody back together. Yeah, they got everybody back, right. back together and said, hey, let's do this, that, and the other. Let me tell you who was the first person that put the poison pill on everybody right then and there was a local shop steward for the union shop steward that said, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Don't do it because you know as soon as you start doing a little bit more for Mr. Mundo, they're going to want even more and they're going to want even more. And that was not the case. And so they killed the mood for a lot of the new teachers. And my wife still pushed the force ahead as best she could, but she knew that the union was watching the whole the whole time. So I'm not trying to put the onus on her percent of the unions, but Dana, I'm just trying to tell you there are a number of factors that impact our educational system, and everybody has a part to play in this. And I think the only way we come out of this is by everybody working together, figuring out what works. And if it doesn't work, like everything else in government, then get rid of it. I don't, but we I, don't do I, that often I enough. Personally, I personally think that the number one thing that is a problem in public traditional education is the fact that we've got behavior issues and we have no great plan in place to yeah. remove some of our behavior issues from our from what is our the what, are, what is the root cause of those behavioral issues families mm-hmm. because we believe in we believe and i've said this a million times to people we believe in in giving parental you know choice and and we advocate for all of it mm-hmm. um and parental rights but we we're, talk a lot weak, about people. We're parental. weak on parental responsibility. That was, you we just took the words weak. out of my we mouth. Are, we are really strong on parental rights. But listen, as strong as I believe parents have rights, they have responsibilities. And what I see yeah. all the time is families. You could have a kid walk up and punch, I mean, beat a kid senseless and have it on video. 
And you'll have that parent go, that not my baby. Mm-hmm. My baby didn't yeah. do that. Well, and you, you'll sit there and you're like, you. this is insane. <laughs> like, what do you mean not your baby? It's right here. You can see the video and yeah. they will fight you. They will sue you. They will say it's your fault. And yeah. they, they Listen, don't. Listen, I hear it. from ESC and, and educators. And it away from all of our other children getting an I, education. I know that and I hear it from our ESE educators. I mean, it's well known fact that my son is an ESE educator. He's not the only one that I hear it from is that you have parents calling, they bitch and they complain at the teachers. They dress the teachers down. And it's them not sitting at home with their kids doing the homework. It's them not implementing a behavioral plan. And I'm going to tell you that it, that is 70% of the case. 100%. I said, I was being generous. I said 70% of the case that they don't have, I've got the rights. And we are preaching and preaching and preaching parental rights. Yeah, you have that. But what are you doing with that? Where is your sense of responsibility and making sure this kid is home at curfew? Oh, it's it's learned. I I think some of it's learned behavior. I think we're looking at our families and that's what they came from and that's what they do. And it just it's just like a vicious cycle. So listen, within that being said, if a teach if a parent knows that their skill set isn't that great, shut the fuck up and let the teachers do what they do. And let them get a little discipline and shut up when they get disciplined. And how about letting them ride that out and get that discipline? I don't think it works like that, though, Dana. Well, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think it does because, because parents, you know, I mean, we, we should know I, our children best. They're ours, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, they are. And mm-hmm. not all teachers I, are right. I mean, unfortunately, we do have some teachers do do some really That's why I said things. 70%. That's why I said 70%. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, know. I think a lot of it has to do with, I think a lot of it has to do with, also effective communication. I think where school districts just in general, uh, cause I would argue too that also, there is also a level where the school district should then also stand behind. When there's something legitimate there, the school district should stand behind the local based school with the principal and so forth. But within that context, I do believe there's sometimes miscommunication that happens at the school based level where they're not, I find most times, and you all know this in my role, right? Most of the times people just want to come in and they want to be heard and they want to be validated. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And I know that maybe because it's frustrating for a school-based administrator or teacher because there's an, these are ongoing problems and ongoing issues and how to deal with it and so forth. But I, I find that there are times if I'm talking to folks, they kind of go, you know, either I don't have the, the district may not have my back. I'm not, this is not on Volusia. I hear this throughout the state in many, in many ways. Wow. Um, but also I think that it also goes back to the, the school-based level saying, you only do a better job of communicating and what can we do to help this child and figure that out. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. It's easier to say, I don't want to deal with it. Well, and that, that probably shouldn't be the case either. No, it shouldn't be. But I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that's always drawn me to education, I believe is the fact that it, it, it is a people business. I mean, and you have yeah, to, yes. you have to really like people and I really like people, all kinds of people, but we do have some administrators that are out there that I feel like they don't want to deal with, you know, some of these people. So they just put yeah. their foot down and they don't bring them in. What is your new position? What did, what did you just get appointed to? What are you doing now? I I was um, put on the half cent oversight committee. Oh, yeah, Eric. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. I'm telling you, this, we, we had I'm a two and a half hour meeting last night, and I. Dana, this so is why we. Dana, this is why we said. This is why we said that. Listen, everybody knows. I think it's very well clear that you know Kim was my 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 pick and my choice. It, it, it is what it is, and I wish the school board and everybody else well. 
uh, whoever's on the new positions and so forth. Wait, wait, who was it that was voted in? For people. Who was your opponent? I don't remember. Who was there your opponent? Somebody, wait, wait, hang on. She's, there like, are, there are, she's more hung up on this than I am. I, know, I laugh trying, every I know, time. Uh, she's, like, trying to, I know, she's trying to pull it back. <laughs> there are reasons things happen, and Kim is moving <laughs> Kim is moving this in direction. I think the realms to liberty. Forget that if you just take away some of the other issues that they're advocating for. Kim and I have talked about this, even with, with Jennifer Kelly as well. Yeah, I we're, we're with, yeah. I, I, I think listen, what they're trying to do with the data and everything else like that. Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty is on board with this whole concurrency thing. We're not going to let it drop. I talked to David yeah. Santiago. A councilman, mm-hmm. uh, David Santiago, this morning, and I said um, we were talking about this, and I told him, I said, y'all need to get on it at the county. He's like, there's a little state, and I said, stop it. You worked up at the state. You know people at the state. This needs to be of epidemic proportions. Y'all should be up at the state concerned about this in Tallahassee about the lack of concurrency. It, it, this is what we're talking about. How did things get out of control? How do we not be honest? Honest I would just be happy if there was a really strong plan at the universities, like the state could get involved helping the universities to make sure they've got great teaching programs and that they're doing yes. a, a strong marketing 100%. push to get yes. people to go back into teaching again because it, it's just not enough. We are not, they don't we are not supported. getting, well, I teachers mean, look around. Supported. I mean, you got teachers union people bitching all the time. You got... You know, and I and I and I blame everybody. I've even said this. I'm a part of Moms for Liberty, but but when we complain about schools and we got the unions complaining about schools, you got both sides basically of the spectrum. Everybody complaining about schools. Who wants to go be a teacher? And and that yeah. is the worst thing for our kids because it doesn't matter where people teach mm-hmm. if they teach in a private school or a charter school okay. or a public traditional school we still need teachers they have to exist so uh, where are we developing that I would also that? argue too that the universities yeah I would also agree too that you know I got to get ready to go but I would also argue to Kim's point I've seen some of the st- um, some of the the data points on this as far as there's some there's a, there's a European country I want to I don't know if, I believe it's Sweden that does this but anyway they. Finland. Finland is a, they made sure that they take their teachers through a rigor because they also understood that not everybody may be cut out to be um, a teacher, but they wanted to make sure that they got the best of the best. And we don't do enough. I think there's a t- tendency for us to just pump out people. Uh, I know we're always in a hurry uh, and maybe this goes back to the issue of, of development and so forth, but I think it's, it's been well, a larger I mean, national we, we don't problem have a at universities. Yeah, we don't have a yeah. choice. I mean, honestly, I think in some of our schools and I, and I will say they know this, if you've got a pulse, and you can put a kid on a computer. Like, we do yeah. have classrooms like that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I am not going to lie. There are, because that's, the, that's better than not having a teacher. I mean, what are we going to do? We don't have enough people wanting to go into this profession, and it is a concern. Yeah. But listen, don't pretend like it's just public traditional schools. Those people who want to believe that they're going to go put their kid in some private school or somebody wants to go off and go do something else, like, you know, run their own tutoring program, whatever, you better vet because – they have problems yeah. too. They've got they've yeah. got teachers that are just not great too. And be smart. Get involved. Yep. Go see what they're doing with your kids. There is wow. a there is a term uh, uh, called withitness, and you either have it or you don't with children. That's true. I, I, I believe yep. I was gifted it because my sister has it, my mother has it, I have it. I know I have you it. You have it with adults too. Sort of. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I rather civilized when you're on. I yeah. calm down. Do yeah. you notice that? I know. I think you do. I'm mellow. I think you I'm do. Well, I think you do. I know. I like it. I like I'm it. A, listen, I like because it. I'm feeling this love fest right now, I'm going to sign <laughs> off on this love fest. Because I really got to get to the building. I've actually overcame right. my walk a little bit. You only got one more week? I want you all. 
What? One more week, right? One more, one, one more week of greatness. Okay, so well, maybe we can get Florida, together when Florida you're here. Than we did a week ago. Maybe, yeah. we, <laughs> maybe I can see you when you're here in Volusia. Eric's my guy, like, you meet him up in, like, Tallahassee, and he'll, like, I'll go, listen, I heard about this legislation. And he's like, wait a minute. And he'll do, like, a search, like, no, 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 this is what you're going to do. And then I'm like, wait, we're really worried about this. Okay, well, let me get you with this person. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is awesome. So, yeah, he's great. (laughs) I was going to go up there this Uh, year, too, but my doctors don't like me being far away from home um, right now. No, no worries. Well, listen. Dana, I hope you're feeling well, my dear. Hey, Jen, I want you. Will always, you give something? Yeah. To, will you give something to Randy Fine for me while you're up there? Oh God! Oh, I'm st- I'm staying away from that. Randy, you Randy, can say what you want. I listen. I I got to watch him in action. I'm so sorry, Dana, but you've got some wet. Like Anna Eskamani is nuts. She's I nuts. I love her. Oh my God! I, oh my God! No! Oh my God! No! She's a showboat. She's a showboat yeah. nut job. Really? Oh my God! Can, I'm just going to tell you 100. Well, well, I know I how can't. you feel because yes, Randy Fine is the same way. No, Randy I Fine it. and Matt Gates. Ra- Randy, Randy was like, "Here's the way it is," and he he said, a "Come after me." Listen, He's but she bloviated. was she she was so rude. Well, she was so rude. She was so rude. She was so rude. I can't. Can I tell you something? I want to talk about this. <laughs> Listen, Randy Fine. Listen, is rude. I think she's a. Calling call females nice whores, you can, going to I see strippers, and then her. passing himself off as a family boy scout man. You say like, what you want, but you're you, know, you know what, Dana? Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. Man. Most men are just like what you just described. <laughs> At least own it. Be <laughs> honest. And I'm not, I gave that up a long time ago. Bye, Eric. We love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. It's so good to have him, even when we can't have him. You know what I mean? I love him. I mean, <laughs> he gets you, going and he doesn't you take don't a breath. No, like we tried to surprise him. So we were sitting outside the office, and Jennifer's like, "Should we just knock on the door?" I'm like, "No, no," because I thought he was in the office mm-hmm. with the who he works for. And we're sitting there. He comes out for me. He goes, "What are you doing?" He's like you're here. I go, "Yeah, we thought we'd surprise you." And he's like, "Oh, come on in." He was on the phone with somebody, being really loud. I'm like, "Okay." So we came in, and he helped us get in with the. Um, that Masula, I hope I'm saying his name right. I have never met the man. Mm-hmm. I actually got to meet his legislative um, aide because there was a lot of hoopla. Uh, the Monday we were there, Monday morning early, I got a call from Jamie Haynes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, Kim, people are freaking out. I go, about what? What now? Mm-hmm. And she goes, they're trying to take away the student's ability to graduate from high school using a PERT score. And I went, huh? Like, that's the dumbest thing. So – our kids have to pass Algebra 1 and end mm-hmm. a course exam in order to graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. But there's always been a concordant score that they could get, like an SAT or ACT. And we knew they were going to bump that up like 50 points, I think. But they could also use the PERT test. The PERT test for a lot of our kids, it's the exam that they have to take to go take like Daytona State College. Mm-hmm. So if they want to go take classes over there, they have to take that. It kind of like levels them or tells you where, if they can get it, they can do it or not, basically. Well, they could use that as a, in the place of their Algebra 1. Well, this legislation or whatever was going on up there, this whole hoopla was going to take away their ability to do that. And apparently it's been in the works for three years, yada, yada, yada. I sat down with a couple guys and I go, I mean, I, I like walked into like Spencer Roach's office and like a few different people. I'm like, have you heard about this? And I mean, even like when I, we finally got to Tom right the next day, I go, have you heard about this? And Tom goes, yeah, I am now from Kim Short. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like nobody's heard about this at mm-hmm. all. And this is not 
in line with our beliefs. And so that's where I, I keep going back to it. As a conservative, we continue to say that not college is not for everyone. Correct. Okay. So if college is not for everyone, why do we also continue to say they have to pass an Algebra 1 exam? My idea would be some kind of a comprehensive math for exam mm -hmm. that would maybe there's a piece of algebra a piece of geometry or a piece of some of that in it but it's also like 50 percent of it's going to be financial literacy which they right. now have to take anyway right. something more basic math because the reality Real is the reality is like you know my two older sons graduated in the top 10 of their class and they had you know calculus ap calculus if you want to go to u of f or fsu or some of these big state schools and you want to have a hope or a prayer getting in you have to take all that stuff anyways are th those kids are taking algebra and passing those exams in eighth grade right that those are not the that's not really where we're at the mm -hmm. kids who are going who are college bound for the most part that's not their problem it's it's like i had this sweet little boy in my class you know the other day fifth grade class sweetest kid in the world and i was telling my father about him love this kid and he's like a little old man fifth grader i go you know what i go i love your hat he's telling me about the truck show that he's going to in wildwood florida and how his daddy's a trucker and how his grandpa's a trucker and i said do you want to be a trucker he said yep and i'm teaching this lesson on triangles and equilaterals and we're describing like you know what's an isosceles triangle what's a right triangle i'm going through all the basic stuff he's looking at me with like this stone cold face he goes miss short he goes ma'am can you just tell me what the triangle is? <laughs> he does not care. Yeah. This kid made me laugh. I mean, I'm looking at him thinking, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't, he's never going we, to, need we need to know to, this. We he need, knows what his yeah. path is. He's 10 years old. Yep. He's going to be a trucker. And, and we it's need perfectly to, fine. And we need to foster that. We yes. need to be more embracing as far yes. as vocational education goes. Yes. Because we need more of that. And but we, but what we're we requiring of our children to graduate from high school isn't exactly in line with what we say we we want which mm -hmm. is that they don't all have to go to college right. so that needs to line up we need to work on some kind of a plan after session to get it ready for next year can we get ready for next that. year this concurrency Ms. Short, i want to understand like okay. i i get what you're saying about the concurrency i am telling you though because of this new legislation i think part of what they're hoping happens is that some of these kids get like you know weaved out and they go and do other options and it helps out some of our schools not have some of the well i would hope that everybody could sit together and kumbaya as well but that's not happened yet yeah. and so we must plan well, for what is I would in reality going on right now and that needs to be a grave concern when we talk about education. What we really come down to is quality of education. Oh, I agree with quality you. of education. I, listen, I brought up all my concerns to to a lot of I people about I just want Moms it. for Liberty. I know that Jennifer know. said it was important when we talk about these data sets. I know. And I want it to be important. Well, I want I, it to be I on have, everybody's I have lips. Concern, I have concerns about, you know, you know, here again, let's talk about our values. We say that as a Republican Party, one of the things that we want is our children to understand civics. So, so let me let me tell you okay. this, okay? So I, I went into a couple lawmakers and they looked at me and they smiled and they go, because they know I'm right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got seventh graders who are learning civics and they have to pass an exam or they can't graduate. Mm -hmm. If you are not, if you do not pass a civics exam in a public traditional school, you cannot graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. But now you can go take your money and go to a private school or go homeschool and those kids don't have to do that there's no requirement that they do that so how do we continue to say that we value things like 
creating citizens who, you know, are civically aware mm -hmm. and understand what the Constitution is. But yet there are no. And when people tell me they're like, well, the private schools will do that. I said, you are thinking private schools like I went to St. Tom. I graduated from St. Thomas Aquinas. When you have the archdiocese involved, you have a lot of standards curriculum that are very much lined up with exactly what you're talking about. They're mm -hmm. college preparatory, yada, yada, yada. They have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. There are private schools. We have 75 schools that accept vouchers in Volusia County. And some of them, I would, I would, I have asked our lawmakers, you go pull a list and go drive up on those schools. Yeah. Because what they're doing in those little strip plazas and with our children it should be criminal. Mm -hmm. It is not an education. And they are going to take advantage of families. And you know what? I mean, you're right. It's their prerogative. It's their money. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever they want. But we are not. We either have to decide there are things that we want our children to know that we as taxpayers are going to pay for, like a civic education, for instance, mm -hmm. or whatever it is else that we want, like a 10th grade ELA score or whatever, or we're just, then we don't care about it for everybody. Why do public traditional schools have different standards for graduation than private or homeschool families? I'm, sister, I'm with you here. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm but you, you you know what I think? I think that they wanted to pass this legislation so badly that they were willing to put it together in the way that they did. And what I would tell families is buckle up because yeah. it's going to come. Oh, and so Lord. you're going to start taking that money. But guess what? Those private schools, there's a few private schools right now who are like, I'm not taking voucher money. And the reason why is because they don't want government involvement. Mm -hmm. If you do not want to have government involvement. If you're in a it, church. If you're a church, doing some a of them are. School, some yeah. of them are. I mean, and they they're not they're not taxed either. So there there's not any money. Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, church, churches are not required by you know to have ADA you know compliance mm -hmm. in their buildings. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that I thought. Like our school board at one point, you know, wanted to buy the church right where the offices are off of Cla off of Clara, and I said, this is crazy. Do you guys even have any idea? Like they don't have to have ADA compliance. Just trying to get it, the building to be that way is going to cost you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. There are things that churches are are exempt from that we are not, that nobody else yeah, is. Yeah. So yes, there 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 has need to, to be that. consistency. Everybody has to understand they're playing by the same rules because we're not graduating the same class of kids if we don't do that and we're well, failing our children in so many ways. Um, we need to do some housekeeping. Okay. Okay. Um, I would like to thank Cigar Hustler upstairs for providing our beverages for today. Yes, that was very thank nice you, of Thank you, Robbie Doyle, the <laughs> son of Dana Doyle, who is one of my favorite oncology nurses. I want to say that, so thank you. And for all the people that knows that I've been sober forever, this is non-alcoholic beverage here. I just want to make sure you know that. I know that it looks like, but it is not. It's non-alcoholic. I have witnesses here right to me i assure you that i'm still not drinking at all <laughs> however Miss Short, I, I am, having a, Short real, is having, a I am having a real beer what are you having Miss Short? um actually you know what i love blue moon if i had it my way it'd be in a really icy glass with a nice big piece of uh, orange but mm -hmm. this is something i really like yeah, so, what, yeah. and what is, who is your lover today my lover today is a caldwell and i did not know the exact kind but i was told they're eastern standard and i bought these when i was on vacation with my family in um, north carolina mm -hmm. and so my boy and I smoked cigars around the campfire a couple that. different nights. And my I older boys, really not my I baby love when that you're embracing I the cigar am. culture. I love, I love it. it. And I think my, my husband and my father are looking at you're me welcome. like I'm You're crazy. welcome, Volusia. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, I do. I really do. Like, I'll come off the boat and I'll be like, oh, God, I just want a cigar. Yeah. And we'll come home after cleaning, doing everything. I'll come home and I'm like, I'm going to go sit on the front porch and have a cigar. And my husband's looking at me like, oh, my God. And I, this is what I do now. You hear that by cigar myself. hustler? I smoke cigars by myself. I, it's I, really fun. I know. It is. It <laughs> is. Know. You're a little bit I'm of a, sin. I do it. I'm I, all, I'm, I love it. Not right now. I am. And thank you. Um, I am not, I am smoking, not smoking because of you. Yes, because I have... Just clearing up. I just had another treatment yesterday, which, knock on wood, all the steroids that they pumped me. It's the steroids. This is not really me. This is the steroids. See, could you imagine if they put me on steroids? Oh, my God. No, I can't. I don't even drink coffee We're, we're going to sedate you. We're going to have to sedate you. Oh, my God. People say that There's to me. They're like, so do you drink there. coffee? I go, I drink caffeinated water. It has a little coffee. <laughs> They're like, Kim. I go, I know. Could you imagine if I was on that? Like, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Hey, listen, you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Smoking Truth um, Podcast. Just look us up and meet us there. Twitter on all of the platforms uh, where you can find us, The Smoking Truth. On Twitter, we're at Truth Smoking. Uh, if you want to visit our YouTube channel, please do. Please subscribe. We love your, we get a little bit more um, followers every uh, week. We've been a little sporadic since Eric. I think we've missed a couple of pods since Eric has been in Tallahassee. Uh, but come down if you have podcasting needs. We're right here at Mike and Mike Productions in the dungeon of Cigar Hustler right here in Deltona, beautiful Deltona, Florida. So come out here. Um, I also today we will be drawing, uh, if you do not know it, and we're going to be releasing this podcast on Monday instead of traditional um, Tuesday release. And um, Monday, 530 at City Hall. I will be, uh, someone will be shaving my head. Um, so far, we have raised $4,500 through your generosity for the Florida Cancer Specialist Foundation. The foundation helps underfunded patients with medicine, with wigs, uh, with treatment plans. So I am really, really honored that you all have pitched in. We have the greatest community here. I have the greatest friends. Um, and to let you know, we have donations still coming in. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to draw the number today to shave my head, but there will be an article out in the news journal on Sunday. So I'm going to leave the donations open and anything collected after today, after I choose a winner, I will take you and your partner out to dinner uh, and sit down, talk about whatever you want to talk about, restaurant of your choice, so that we can still continue uh, moving towards reaching our goal. And that will close out on Monday at noon. So there'll be something in the Sunday News Journal about that also if you still want to contribute to the cause. And so that will be separate. But if you want to contribute after today, thank you so much for that. And again, I will take you and your spouse out to dinner to your restaurant, uh, your favorite restaurant. Um, so it's $10 per raffle ticket. The link is on the on uh, my page. It's a uh, public, uh, and it's out on, in the news journal online and in print. Also, it'll be out in Sunday's paper. So, come by. Um, my treatment is going well. It's uh, not pleasant, but it's going well. I'm really standing in a lot of gratitude for my oncology team at Florida Cancer Specialists, and I want to tell you also. Um, the great care that I got at Advent. Uh, they do all my imaging and radiology and stuff there. And that's the, the care team there. Well, I, you amazing. look great. I, right? I can't believe you've been shaving your head. I am. 
I, well, listen, I'm going to taste it here. It's coming out in clumps. Oh, my God. See, well, but you look great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate you that. You do. I've been keeping up with my tan and my tattoo schedule. Yes, tan, and, tan is important. And <laughs> listen, mind over matter and attitude is um, paramount that you can, and I talk about this, when you concentrate on your recovery and not your illness. Yep. Um, that goes for mental yes. as well. Got to be um, positive. You got to be positive. Gotta and be positive. I am. I have a lot to live for. I have a lot to yet do with the city of Deltona. Um, my hopes is to be running again next year for my seat. Um, so I'm just shooting that across the barrel right now. I love what I do, and God willing, and getting me well, I'll be able to do that. And hopefully my constituency will stay happy with what they have. So without further ado, we have a magic box right here. I'm going to pull in okay. between us. Okay. And let me explain how we did this. So if you purchased your tickets online, they were associated with a hard ticket like this. The numbers came up and there was a full ticket. I have saved the full ticket so that if you were a digital buyer, I'm going to send you your ticket stub. You can burn it, light a cigar with it, whatever. But I just wanted you to have a little memorabilia from that. And so we have all of these tickets here from online. If you, let me turn towards the camera here. If you look, they are all in this box separated. There are some um, with an initial on the back that came from a point of purchase. These are paper tickets and we will have to uh, notify the winner for them to just look for their ticket number uh, live. And I'm going to do a Facebook live here in conjunction with us doing this since this doesn't come out because I want the tickets to be done live. And I was going to get my good friend, um, Terry, to, we're going to break the wall here. <laughs> we're going to break the wall. So I'm going to have her come, and then she can just hit the go live. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Um, there Terry, you go. you're doing great. There you go. If Terry will just hit the go live. Okay, are we live? Okay, we are live. We are at the studio for our Facebook Live people. We are at Mike and Mike Productions here. Um, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. If you don't know and who doesn't know, the beautiful, talented <laughs> Kim Short is with us today. Also, as our um, guest co-host, Eric did call in earlier. And we have these tickets. So these tickets correspond to... How many this spreadsheet? Yeah, you had a lot. We had a lot. We sold about 300 tickets, I believe. I can't look it up yet. Good. Raised about $4,500, so about $500 short of the goal, and that's why I'd like to leave it open. I'm appreciative for every dollar, uh, $10 ticket that was purchased, and thank you all for your generosity in the community. So without further ado, I am going to ask our guest co-host to pull out one of these lovely tickets, and we'll see if it corresponds to one of the numbers here. I gotta put my glasses on. Okay. But if you will do that, be so kind as to do that and mix it up yourself. You can see, the public can see, they're all mixed up here. There you go. And we're <laughs> gonna let Miss Short pick out a ticket. Okay. Okay, miss. Here you go. All right. The lucky ticket winner is 06262 four nine so i'm going to look over here on my little paper and see who 
who that was. 249 ending in 249. Oh, we're close. Let's see. 247. Okay. 249 is going to be Euro Trucking out of Ohio. Purchase tickets online. Congratulations, Phil and Cammie, for that. Phil and Cammie Norpoth are um, a trucking company, very successful uh, trucking company out of Circleville, Ohio. Look at us telling trucking stories. Done now. all day, all coming. day. Uh, <laughs> and I have a feeling because Cammie and Phil are not in Florida that they will be designating Sheriff Chitwood to shave my head. So um i appreciate it very much i can't wait for monday night um there will continue to be uh donations brought in and we will pre be presenting the check on monday evening to florida cancer specialist foundation we will have some, my doctor will be here nice. uh, for that and support staff so i'm looking forward to that and i know that a couple of people are coming out um as well so i want to thank you all i have the ticket shot here um, we're going to put this ticket aside and close the ticket box. I would like to take a moment and I would like to, I would like to thank everybody that participated in this. This was a very community building thing. And this says a lot about the community that you all have been so generous here, uh, over shaving my head. And I'm thankful <laughs> and I'm really, really honored that you allowed me to um, to do this and that you supported this and this gives a lot of hope and that's why it was on may one more be saved um, it gives a lot of hope to somebody that might not be able to afford a drug or a wig or whatever because we want people to march through cancer with their dignity and be able to give them hope and i would like to be a beacon of that hope to tell you that you can and will survive uh, with friends and family, with your faith especially. I don't talk about my faith a lot. People think I'm godless, but I'm really not. I have. Nah, a, I, have I don't a, mind that. I I'll be a, honest. Sometimes people talk about their faith so much, I look at them, I'm like, eh, yeah. it's a little, little too yeah. much. Yeah. Like, keep it a little private. <laughs> my faith is derived from my recovery because we have to have a higher power and know that we're not it. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's where I get mine. So. I get that. That, that's my brand of religion. I just share that religion one-on-one with you today. Um, I love having you on. Please come back with the crew. Bring I your, love bring being your, on. Bring your conservative other women. I love arguing with you because I really do agree with I agree with you more Listen, than you think. I know. I know you do. And you sure, agree with me, too. I do. I agree with you about things. But the yeah. thing is, is that I, I think when you actually meet with, and I, you and I will probably not agree on this, but when you actually meet with our lawmakers in Tallahassee, I think that you'd be surprised how many of them realize there's issues mm -hmm. with some of the legislation I have no, going listen, on. Listen, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, but it's the but, governor that I think needs to pull his head out of a no, pot of butter. No, listen, I I love our governor. I, I okay. need to make that very clear. Okay, I, my Facebook pictures with the guy. I, I love him. Okay, I, I love that you love him. I love that journey for you. Okay. <laughs> I do, I'm, okay, because good. I personally think that, especially when you look at things where we needed good leadership, I think he did it. Okay. <laughs> I do, I do. All right, listen, we I respect your opinion. Agree. I loving, I lovingly accept your opinion, okay, Kim. And I'll see you again soon, yeah? Yes, okay. absolutely. Cool. So thank you all very much for joining us today on the Smook. The smoking truth. <laughs> smoking smoke truth, truth with no smoke. But with that's no okay. smoke today. Because I'm going to beat this cancer and I'll be back to having a cigar right now. Oh, I can't to wait. My doctors. I, can't, I wait. can't wait either. I can't wait. Thank you all so very much. And just remember, hey, come here. I got to tell you something real quick. Okay.
Okay. Okay. You ready? Okay. (laughs) So we would like to invite you to come back and remember that if it's important to you, it's important to us. Thank you very much. Peace out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.